1: Dave Hawkins, thanks for joining the antidote. I'd guess everyone knows somebody who's wishy washy. You know the type. They're the ones who never take a strong stance on any topic. That's also something that's pretty common with Christian artists. You know, they're firm about their faith, but no other topic ever comes out of them. Then there are artists like Take. This Las Vegas based hardcore band has opinions about everything and those come up in their music. These guys were a must-have for me to speak with on The Antidote. We heard one of Take's new songs, Void, at the beginning of tonight's show, and there's lots more to come. Let's head into the first part of my talk with Take's frontman, John Gagnon, and the song Terror in the States. John Gagnon of the band Take is here for a talk. Thanks for coming to The Antidote.
0: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Now I've heard that take has had dozens of members over the years, so like what's up with that? Are you guys hard to get along with?
0: <laughs> oh man, what a way to put it! Um, I don't think we're hard to get along with. I think what happens is that over the course of seventeen years of not making money, people start to just to grow up and I hate to put it that way, but you know people start getting families uh, having relationships, having kids, and it just becomes. Very difficult to be in a full time band, I guess, and uh, have a family and and have a job and everything, and and it's impossible really to tour unless you're you're making money. Um, and take has never really made that much money touring, so I think just the the switch is like we had it. We had a drummer that left; he became a real estate agent. We had a uh, bass player that left, um, started a family. It's just really just uh, I guess just people growing up and right now take is basically just myself and the founding guitarist and uh we then go to a producer who helps us produce the rest of the songs so uh our guitarist lives in salt lake city and he sends all of the the guitar files to me and the producer and then we pretty much do the rest of the work and when we play live shows which Obviously hasn't been an issue for 2020, but when we do play live shows, we'll just have people uh, filling in on drums and bass. Got so, it. So, so it's 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 crazy. I mean, it's it's probably 25 to 30 different lineup changes throughout the years.
1: <laughs> Back to that money end of it. Do you know any artists that actually does this for an income? I mean,
0: there's bands that I've talked to who can make it. But unless you're a big band, uh, I don't know. Like obviously, like skillet size, they make it. Um, you know, Aerosmith, you know, they make it. But um, a band our size, you know, it's it's tough. You really only make like fifty to a hundred dollars a show sometimes, and that's just enough to get you from one location to the next. So, you know, there's there's no way for me to make an income for my family, for my wife, for my child. So it's it's really trying to figure out how can I balance having a job and going on the road and, and also making music. Because without touring, just making music by itself is really expensive. Um, you know, having the guitars, paying for the recording, um, all that stuff. So it's, it's pricey. I, I, don't, I don't know. I just, I think we just do it. We, we love it. And God's put it on my heart just to, just to keep going. So we'll see where it goes after this.
1: Well, you've said where you are right now. But here's the question I ask every artist. How did it begin?
0: You know, I was in a terrible high school band with uh, our, our guitarist. We thought we were amazing. I think because we were in a little town, everybody else thought we were amazing. But once we got to Vegas, we were like, oh man, we were terrible. So we, uh, we were like, let's distance ourselves from that, that music, never let anybody hear it ever again, and start something new. We actually put a ad in um, at Guitar Center, and found a drummer, and then found a bass player, and uh, just started jamming. And it, it ended up working out because we really wanted to try to have a sound. I wouldn't say like our sound is revolutionary, but we tried to we try to have a sound where each song is different from the previous song. You're never going to listen to one of our albums and be like, "Oh, it's just one long song." Um, and as soon as we jammed with our original drum player we were just blown away that he was putting like salsa beats over heavier riffs and we were just thinking this is cool like this is something that we want to do we really enjoyed him until he uh he left uh, a couple years later but um take has never been about trying to fit into a mold or to a style it's it's more so just writing what we like And hoping that people, I guess, enjoy it. And if they don't, then we enjoy it. So that's cool.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's all about. What about those early songs? How do they compare to Take's current music?
0: You know, the older stuff was definitely a little bit more politically motivated. Um, I'm very conservative in my beliefs, but I was extremely against going to Iraq. So... I think the band started around that time when we were invading Iraq. And so we had a song called Terror in the States, which was all about George Bush invading Iraq. Um, these days, I'm more so writing it from my faith background. And we have a song called Leech that calls out um, any pastors or priests who are, you know, preaching or doing whatever they're doing, giving sermons, um, just to fill their pockets with monetary gain or. Fame or whatever it is, so I've I've kind of switched. I'm still pretty bold and blatant with my lyrics, and I do have some political stuff that I mix in here and there. But I would say it's it's shifted a lot from politics to more of a more of my faith. Now um, we just got done writing a seven song EP, and a lot of the songs talk about the media calling out like. How they try to manipulate and and kind of lead us along uh so I would say it's it's definitely not as heavy calling out uh presidents anymore that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Terror in the States, an older song from Take. Every band has a focus. Let's hear about that on this next part of The Antidote's conversation with John. Well, I get it that your Christian worldview comes out on most of your songs, but obviously you're not going to call Take a ministry band. So what's the goal? So
0: the goal for Take is really to build relationships with the people who hear the songs. I do all the social media work and I like it that way. Cause I can really build relationships and get to know people and understand where they're coming from and being someone who is a little bit older in the scene. You know, I'm, I'm coming up with my late thirties now, which is.
1: Oh crazy. man, you're an antique.
0: I, well compare. Yeah. When we go to our shows, I'm like, I'm looking at everybody who's 15 and I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> but it's just about building relationships giving people hope and just reminding them that they were created for a purpose. And within our scene, you see a lot of kids who the first thing they do is turn to suicide. They turn to drugs. They turn to um, booze, pornography, anything they think will help fill that hole. And I just try to remind them that they were created for something more than that. Um, and just try to be there. Like a lot of kids just don't have anywhere to turn to anybody to talk to. So I spend a lot of my day just chatting with kids and just being there for them and just being a friend. Um, You see a lot of bands just try to promote their music and just push, you know, push their music, push their music, push their music, which is fine if that's what you want to do. But Take is definitely all about building relationships. And I always tell people, I really don't care if you like our music. And even if you hate our music, you can still message us and just talk and we're there for you.
1: You're talking about 15 year olds. What about the gray-haired set? No senior <laughs> citizen fans? Uh,
0: we we do. Uh, we definitely have an older crowd. We actually started playing bars. Trent, our guitar player, and I were 19, and we'd actually have to wait outside until like 2 a.m. to play. So we started out by building a older fan base, and a lot of those people are still around. They still come to shows every now and then. They still hang out they're not as active on social media but um if it is somebody that wants to reach out they definitely can and they definitely have and I'll even give my phone number you know to somebody that I've known or lost touch with and say hey call me if you ever need anything that's how important it is to myself and and to Trent
1: but you still haven't been into doing shows at the senior citizen center right <laughs> <Well, laughs> You know,
0: we did play a couple shows at, a, at an old senior citizen center when we first started, so I don't know if that counts, but there was no senior citizens there, and they, they might have been upset with us. Although, most senior citizens, here's a bad joke, can't really hear that well, so maybe our music would, being so loud, they can actually hear it. <laughs> yeah, laugh track? I don't know. <laughs> that
1: is hilarious. <laughs> There's something else I got to hear about. Take is based in Las Vegas. Is it really Sin City?
0: Yeah, I mean, okay, so you have the Strip, and that's basically what they call Sin City. Once you go outside of the Strip, it's it's close to any other community that, that I've lived in or been around. Um, it's not as tight-knit as, like, saying living in the South or something like that. But once you go off the Strip, you know, you have parks, you have hiking. It's a totally different world. You have skiing, um, both snow and water, because we have a, a mountain just 30 minutes away where you can go snow skiing pretty much from... November to May or something. Um, and then we have the, one of the biggest lakes in the world, just on the other side of the uh, the Boulder Dam, where you can go skiing and boating. And uh, it's a totally different world. But once you get on the Strip, yeah, it, it's definitely Sin City. You know, everybody's drinking, everybody's gambling, everybody's smoking, everybody's trying to hook up, everybody's trying to get that quick fix, uh, trying to win, you know, a million dollars, losing it all.
1: Um, you see
0: uh, scantily clad women all over the place, uh, it is. It's it's crazy.
1: Here we are. We've been chatting about all kinds of stuff, but we got to get into the music. Now, I've spoken with artists about emotional songs, but you know, abandoned that takes that further than most. That is so personal. It must have been difficult to share about it.
0: Oh, dude, you are you're going dark. Okay, um, that song is all about going through a divorce. And just documents my feelings of what it was like to find out that my ex wife was the, with other people and doing other things that I had no idea about. So it's just really diving into those emotions. And I think that definitely comes across when, when you read the lyrics. Um, but at the end, I just wanted to remind people that no matter how hurt I was, or no matter how hurt, you are, my faith in Christ has called me to forgive. And that was a big time struggle. I mean, I I was an emotional wreck through all of it for like seven months, just on my face, just sobbing. I'm like, how did I get to this point? I'm going to be divorced. This is out of control. And I started getting really angry with my ex-wife. And I was just reminded that If I'm forgiven then I must forgive too which was a hard pill to swallow at the time but looking back and seeing where I was and now understanding where I am now is such a blessing um, that I would go through that a million more times just to be where I'm at now and and know how much I've grown as a person and now I have a son with my current wife and uh, it's amazing.
1: John's divorce from his wife was a devastating experience. I mean, I can't imagine going through that. I'm still amazed that John was able to share about that in the song Abandoned. We all like to think that we've learned from history, but that doesn't always happen. That came up with a cover song that Take recorded. I gotta tell you that I really like a good cover song. But you know what Take did with Neil Young's Ohio? That's really outstanding. I mean, 10 Soldiers, you've built that into an entirely new song.
0: (laughs) Um, Well, thank you very much. We were looking to do a cover, and my guitar player said, let's cover Neil Young. And I was like, hmm. I know the song, but I didn't know it too well. And basically, he gave me that idea. I forget now, but... From the time that he said, let's do this song, to the time that we released it, it was about a month um, that we did everything. And um, I did want the lyrics to be focused to the current events that were going on. They really run parallel with what Neil Young was trying to convey in, in Ohio about you know the riots and the protests and then uh, the, the military shooting down the protesters. And I really wanted it to pull out the emotion of the listener and to understand that there's people that are going through certain things in this time that we might not be able to understand. So I was trying to really just bridge that gap. But when you listen to the song towards the end, there's a verse that I, I use. And I was actually thinking that I would get more flack for it. Maybe people just don't dive too deeply into it. But the verse is all about forgiveness. So I really wanted people to understand that Yeah, I'm calling out certain police officers and I'm calling out the government, but those same people who are out there protesting need to understand that we're called to forgive no matter how wronged we have been. It's a hard pill to swallow when, you know, you've had a friend shot by a police officer and then you're called to forgive that police officer. Yeah, I'm like, hey, let's take it to the front lines. I believe in protest, I believe in standing up for what you believe in, but I also believe in forgiveness. And so I wanted to tie all that into a nice little bow with ten
1: soldiers. Well, that surprises me that you didn't get any negative reactions. Like, I mean, with a verse like, got to get down to it, soldiers are cutting us down. Should have been done long ago. You know, what if you knew them and found them dead on the ground? How can you stay silent? When you know,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, I when when he sent me that song and I went over those lyrics again, I was like, this this fits perfect. This is honestly what we're going through in 2020. You know, uh, was what he was going through in the 70s, and it just it worked so well. And my guitar player Trent sent over the original guitars and the melodies, and I was like, this is this is great. Like <laughs> he he knew what he was doing and and gave me those tracks, and then I was blessed enough to be able to not change all the lyrics, um, add some of my own lyrics, but use what Neil had written to begin with, and it worked out great.
1: Well, obviously, with Tin Soldiers, the song makes the opinion pretty clear. Right. But, you know, there's all kinds of people who just aren't comfortable about voicing their opinions. Should they be?
0: Oh, definitely. I am a free speech advocate even if you are someone who staunchly disagrees with what i believe in i love the fact that you believe in something so strongly that you're willing to not only stand up and voice your opinion but go one step further and die for that opinion and i think when we can no longer voice our opinions and we're silenced uh, whether it's by you know government or an outside factor then i think that's when we lose all of our freedoms and uh so voicing those lyrics i'm just like hey i'm gonna use my my god-given freedom of speech to go out there and uh just post what i'm feeling at the moment and just encourage others to do the same this is john gagging from the band take and you are listening to the antidote
1: thing i found about the music of take is that it's pretty serious so i gotta ask you like has being in the band been fun for you
0: oh yes being in the band is one of the greatest joys of my life besides being married and having a child saying all that cliche stuff um but yes being able to perform which we haven't been able to do in 2020 has super sucked but when we are able to perform there is nothing really that comes close to that feeling of being on stage and, and honestly we don't play that many stages. We play a lot of like floors, uh, like a lot of VFW halls and a lot of houses and we kinda like it that way. We love the intimacy of it. We love when kids are jumping on top of us, knocking over our equipment. You know, I'm old so it's great when kids grab my microphone and sing the lyrics for me so then I can take a break. Um, I mean, just being able to not only feel their energy, but give them some of our energy back, it's an incredible feeling. Something that we always say with our songs is they don't have to be the heaviest, they don't have to be uh, the most well-written, but we just want energy. We want energy in all of our songs, and hopefully that comes across with our music. If not, then we're totally doing something wrong, because from the beginning, we just say we want the audience to feel what we feel when we play our
1: music. Here's a Take Song that you must have had some fun with. How did you dream up Barnum & Bailey Hardcore Hoedown?
0: <laughs> uh, I, um, I think we are sitting around at our practice spot in maybe 2007, and our other guitar player was like, I got a couple cool little riffs. Let's mold them together. And I mean, it's, it's one of our weirder songs for sure. Um, I don't think many people have probably heard anything like it. And Barnum and hardcore hoedown. I have no idea why it's called that. I, it's just crazy. It's just, a, <laughs> it's just a weird, crazy song. I, I don't know why it's called that. I can't remember. I think, I think it was just so weird. It just kind of sounded like a circus to us. And, uh, so we started out with barnum and bailey now and then we added hardcore hoedown i don't know <laughs> but but yeah it goes it goes from just constant screaming to me trying to rap a little bit back to like screaming and then uh just gets crazier and crazier as the song progresses
2: put down the drugs then come get a hook look at me this huggers like thugs don't need a crew in funny's land you get one like this isn't a game
1: Bringing up the point that you're so old. Oh, it's weird. And that also comes up in the song, Everything I Once Was, because it's got this line that says, I sit thinking, where did life even go? And in the end, what will I have to show? So like, you know, that is a senior citizen statement. (laughs) Is it time to retire?
0: um, I don't think we'll ever truly retire until we die. I'll probably write another song in 30 years. That's looking back and saying the same stuff. But I mean, I, I am I am a senior citizen in the hardcore scene. And uh, like I said before, you know, you go to the shows and it's 15, 16 year olds, even younger, and you do feel ancient. And going from a 15 year old in in high school to the band I was in to where we're at now, it just happens in the blink of an eye. And so I remember writing that song, and I was just thinking literally where's life gone you know like one moment i was starting take in 2003 and the next moment i'm sitting here and it's 2020 one i can't believe that i'm still in this band and fortunate enough to play music and and two i'm just baffled on how fast time goes especially the older you get i think it goes by quicker and quicker and for me it was just a reflection on what have i done in life and is it significant to make a positive impact on the world
1: and what kind of an impact do you think that take has been making on people? Is well, the, is your music going to change people? I
0: hope so. I hope it really encourages people, especially when they're thinking about suicide, when they're thinking about injecting with heroin, when they're thinking about getting so drunk that they uh, they don't know where they are. Hopefully at those moments they they're listening to our songs or they remember something or a lyric that I've said that, it encourages them to stop doing whatever they're doing and realizing that they have value and worth more than really what the world tells you. Cause you know, you see media tells you to be a certain way. You see commercials tell you to be a certain way. And we're trying to combat that and tell them, no, like you're made beautifully and wonderfully. You don't have to be something else that the world is telling you to be. And I think when the world piles on and, and, it pushes you further and further down into depression because you'll never be up to the world's standards. You'll never be able to uh, live up to that runway model that you see on TV. And so I just want to encourage people that where you're at right now is where you have value and worth. And, and you were created for a specific reason. And it's just encouraging people to go out there and, and voice the talents and use the talents that, that God has given them.
2: we <laughs>
1: I kept teasing John about feeling old, but I am old. So I know exactly what he meant when he talked about how fast time goes by. I found it interesting that the song Leech came around as Take was inspired by something you sometimes see on late night television. You brought up a song a bit earlier on, Leech, that brings up pretty strong opinions because you were pointing at people in the ministry when the song says, feed off the poor, feed off the weak, you're nothing more than a heretic leech. I mean, that's something to say. There's <laughs> got to be a story there.
0: Well, I had waken up or I hadn't gone to sleep, and it was like 2 a.m., and a manful had come on, and it was some pastor or somebody giving like, a sermon. And at the end of it, they said, we have bottled up holy water, and you can buy it. For $25 a bottle, and that is going to produce health, wealth, and prosperity for you.
1: Isn't and that I pathetic? Was like,
0: I was laying there so angry that I shouldn't have gone to sleep, but I fell asleep, and then I woke up and penned uh, Leech, and it was based off of that and like a multitude of other pastors that you see that really harp on hey, you tithe, God blesses you you give money to the church, you're going to get a Ferrari. And it's like, no, that's, that's the exact opposite really of what scriptures teach, you know? Um, and so that, that song is basically calling out those pastors, any religious leader really that is standing on the pulpit or at the front of the church or synagogue, whatever it is, and saying, you give more money than God's going to bless you, because that's, that's, that's not what the Bible teaches me.
1: I got to tell you that I always enjoy a band that isn't stuck into a particular style. Thanks. But you have one song that's kind of odd. You know, it has two music styles and two vocalists. Never forgotten. It's really, it's a weirdly beautiful song.
0: So we recorded that one in 2004. Then we re-recorded it in 2017. And that's about our our guitar player's brother, committing suicide. He didn't ask me to write it, but knowing his family and seeing how tight they were and and just kind of feeling the emotional impact every year of um, that event coming around, I decided just to to kind of pen that, that song as a tribute to his family and to his brother who passed away. And um, the other guy singing on it was the producer at the uh, at the time and uh he's in a band called lowercase committee they're an indie band and just has a very unique voice but he uh he lent his voice to that he's actually the uh the same guy he was singing on the song abandoned as well so he came in and helped us a couple times but yeah never forgotten about uh his his brother uh taking his own life and just me writing from an outside perspective of how that impacted them and also how it impacts me as one of his best friends.
1: Never Forgotten is a really powerful song. What a great way to remember someone whose life ended and it does make you think of all the people he left behind and the grief they had to deal with. Well, Christmas is almost here and the antidote is ready to enjoy the celebration of Christ's birth. Next week, we're going to rock your Christmas with new Christmas songs from big name artists and quite a few artists from the underground. And if you really want to have more fun, you can always come over to my house, because we still need some help with the Christmas decorations. And just remember, don't spend all your time and money shopping for presents. Anyway, there was one final tune I wanted to hear about from John. Let's get that and enjoy right now from Take. I'll see you next week. You know, I guess there's been a couple points here where I've talked about Take's music being opinionated makes me wonder if the song right now couldn't be your anthem.
0: <laughs> um, so definitely. And actually, I'm a little disappointed in our new EP because we didn't include it on there. We always actually try to incorporate that song somewhere within like a new grouping of songs. Um, that song right now was recorded back in the day, uh, I don't know, 04, 05. Um, And then we included it on the 2017 EP, honestly, just because it's just a call for people to stand up for what they believe in. And like I said before, even if you don't agree with me, I just love to see somebody very passionate about what they believe, you know, standing up for what they believe in. Um, So yeah, that song definitely would be a great anthem for right now. And I do try to post that on social media every once in a while, just trying to get people hyped back up and to remember that we wrote that song too.
1: Well, you've spoken about the new EP a couple of times. When does that officially release?
0: So I don't know. We are pitching it to uh, a couple labels and if they like it, then we'll release it as an EP and we might actually re-release uh, Void, Leech, Everything I Once Was, and Tin Soldiers um, in preparation to send it out to uh, the couple labels, we had those four songs remastered with the new songs, so uh, we could take the seven songs and make it into an 11-song full album. If those record labels decide they don't like it, or it's just not what they're looking for, then what we'll end up doing is we'll release them as singles. It's more valuable to us to release a song like once every month and a half or two months, rather than just release seven songs, and then the buzz is gone within you know a month or two. So we'll, take, uh, we'll just take the seven songs and just say, okay, we're going to release in January, March, and then so forth, um, and just kind of go down the line. So it will be an EP for us, but if we don't get picked up by any labels, then it'll be singles for you guys.
1: Got it. Well, John, this has been a good one. Thanks for coming to The Antidote and speaking about Take.
0: Well, I appreciate it, man. I, I thank you so much.
2: I've watched you shrink back over the years Choosing to stand quietly while the world crumbles around you Voiceless by choice so you don't defend The flames grow higher as you cower away into lukewarmness Let this be a warning Because there will be a time when that choice is gone And all you know has been taken away Choose a side to fight on It's time to stand up for what you believe